The following is a presentation of AOW Productions. This program contains adult content. Listener discretion is advised. The views and opinions expressed by the host of this program do not necessarily stand to reflect those of this station or its management. of hell. Warning, the ghosts, ghouls, and goblins here enjoy pussies for dinner. If thou dost offend easily, tune away now. Otherwise, welcome. We've been expecting you. I want to play a game. Happy fucking Halloween. From Outlaw Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Outlaw Radio for the 30th of October, 2021, the Halloween special. Yes, indeed. I'm your host, Bad Billy, and you know we got a great show lined up for you. Before I go any further, I want to tell you, go to the Outlaw Radio store, go to www.outlawradioabs.com, outlawradioalphabravosierra.com. Click on the store section and uh, see what's there in the store. Of course, scroll down to the My Pillow banner. Mike Lindell supports America, and we support Mike. So, click on the My Pillow banner. Go through the My Pillow store. Pick out what you want. Be sure to use the promo code OUTLAW when making your purchase and save up to 66%. Yes, indeed. So like I said, great show lined up for you. It is my honor to welcome back Ashley, excuse me, Ashley Simcue of Tulip. Yes, if you remember, I had them on the show back in 2019, well... They have a new uh, they have a new album out called The Witch. Yeah, new EP actually out called The Witch. And how appropriate for a Halloween special. So that's what we got in the in the first hour and the second hour. Yes, I'll be speaking with Sipo Imnisi out of South Africa. Going to be uh, talking about a uh, rather dark subject about uh, some witchcraft, and the Sangoma Witch Doctors. Yeah, some rather dark stuff, but uh, appropriate for Halloween. In the third hour, I have horror novelist James Dermond. So, great show lined up for you. Before we get to any of that, I want to cue one of the latest singles by Tulip. 
Here is the witch. And I'll be back with the interview with Ashley Simcue right after this. And we go a little something like this. Hit it. And now, from a rented basement, because Bad Billy's mom threw him out, it's Outlaw Radio.
Hey there, thrill seeker, rocking out to the station. I hear you, you're probably even sipping on a drink right now. An average blah blah drink in a can or bottle, one that doesn't quite hit the spot for you. I'll bet you want something different, don't you? Something more. Take your shot with Cold Cock Whiskey, the best whiskey anywhere. Why? Because it's different from other liquors. Cold Cock Whiskey is herbal whiskey, 100% all natural herbs blended with aged American whiskey. No more morning after sugar hangovers from other liquors. With Cold Cock's blend of herbs, including green tea, hibiscus, ginger, eucalyptus, and more, you'll be in herbal heaven. Cold Cock Whiskey, available at spirit stores and distributors America-wide. Find one near you at coldcockwhiskey.com. Follow Cold Cock Whiskey on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Celebrate those special moments with friends. Raise your glass. Take your shot. You must be 21 or older to drink Cold Cock Whiskey. Please drink responsibly. Because there are some people out there who need practical advice. And yes, I'm talking about you. Wisdom beyond value from the desk of Mr. Holland. When life gives you lemons, be glad it wasn't herpes. Mr. Holland, Mr. Holland, over here, over here. Ma'am, ma'am, please keep it in your pants. Freedom of speech which means no one, no one, no one can stop you. Stop you. Can stop you from expressing your thoughts, sharing your feelings, speaking your mind. I can say whatever I want, whatever I feel, whatever needs to be said. That's what freedom of speech means to me. To me. To me. To, to us. us. This message is brought to you by the NAB Education Foundation, the Broadcast Education Association, the Cormac Foundation, and this station. So you go into your sporting goods or firearms store to get that gun and ammunition you've been wanting to buy, only to find out that the store doesn't have it. Worse yet, the shelves are bare. They're empty. Ugh. Well, that's why there's GunBroker.com. You want it? GunBroker.com's got it. Guns, gun parts, ammo, ammo storage, reloading equipment, binoculars, scopes, sights. Did I mention guns? Pistols, rifles, handguns, shotguns, machine guns, paintball guns, archery supplies, tools, jewelry, watches, even musical instruments and gear. Yes, GunBroker.com has those too. I'm telling you, they have it all. There are even auctions where you can bid on certain items. The folks at GunBroker.com know their stuff. They've been in business for over 20 years with over 6 million happy registered users. Why not become one of them? GunBroker.com. Go there. Check it out. Register today. It's 100% free. GunBroker.com. GunBroker.com. Hey, I'm Nick, and you're listening to Outlaw Radio, where we say what the fuckity fuck we want. No exceptions. All right, ladies and gentlemen, you have just heard The Witch by Tulip, and it is my pleasure to welcome back Ashley Scrimshoe to the show of Tulip. How have you been? We've been great. We've been great. We made it through the last year and a half or however long this keeps going for and you know we're in texas so we're we're happy and it's nice and warm here and we're doing well we're doing well we used the pandemic time to really hunker down and make this record so yeah we're doing great yes well i i remember you saying you uh you said it here on my show you also said it on john's show that you're originally out of canada and of course 
Uh, you say it's warmer here. I mean, that that, that has to, <laughs> I think, I have to imagine you also mean the hospitality because I've had a couple of artists. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. I had a couple of artists out of uh, Montreal uh, on recently, and they were told me how they were not so privileged. And I'm like, that's a, what a shame. Yes. Yeah, that's true. You know, we when we the pandemic hit, we were still kind of going back and forth and uh, had a, a place up there and a place here. And then we couldn't keep doing that, obviously, because, you know, air travel was shut down or it was real restricted. And we, we've since just made Texas our only home and this will be our forever home. You know, we don't we don't even really enjoy going back there so much now. Um it's uh, it's really changed. It's a very different it's a very different country. The leadership's different, and it's uh, we just we prefer Texas. Yeah, definitely warmer all around here for sure. Well, I I just got to say Trudeau has just done a bang up job. <laughs> yeah, we don't. <laughs> We uh, don't get don't get us started on that guy. Yeah, we, <laughs> that's all. That's all I'm gonna say because I, I know we're not fans. I I know that uh, that he that's almost like a cuss word now. <laughs> mhm, mhm. That's yeah. It's um, we're sh- we were shocked that he got reelected. You know, but people up in Canada vote for the party, not the leader, and that's uh, unfortunate. I think. Yeah. So he's got, you know, we got a little more time with him and truly the conservatives didn't put up a good, a great candidate. They were, but we need some real young, fresh blood in there and we don't have it right now. So I don't know how, if that will change, but for now we're stuck with who we're stuck with. Well, I, I do have to ask you this really quick and then we'll drop the subject. But uh, I was speaking with a Cuban friend of mine and he said, mm. and he said, Fidel Trudeau or Justin Castro. You're- yeah, yeah. I mean, it's been a conspiracy theory that we have all, as you know, grown up with. And I gotta say, the picture is very compelling. It's <laughs> very, very compelling. So I don't know if there's truth to it or not, but it's. It's it's a it's a great conspiracy theory. I think <laughs> yes. I think it's a good one. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm I'm glad uh, you're in Texas. You know, and actually Abbott has. I think uh, there's Abbott's done some things that I I say may be questionable, but overall, I think he's done a great job in standing up for our American rights and uh, what uh, what what our Constitution is meant to be. So. I do. I think that he. Um, yeah, we disagree with him on some social issues for sure. But I think in terms of, you know, we moved to Texas because we love freedom and we were libertarians and we want the right to live our lives and make our own choices and mostly be left alone by the government. And I do think that Abbott is great for Texas that way. I think he is, he, he really holds the line and he governs based on his principles and that's, and and he doesn't really give a rip what uh, whether he's popular or not. So I like that about him. <laughs> yes. By the way, since uh, since moving there, have you had a chance to uh, appreciate Whataburger? We of course, yeah. We we love Whataburger. We will eat there once, and then we don't need to eat for like two more days. <laughs> it's so it's so amazing. Yeah. I, <laughs> yeah. It, 
as much as I've been through Texas, you know, and I'm talking going from Texarkana all the way to El Paso, I, I haven't wow. had a chance to eat there yet, so. Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, but have you been to Bucky's? No, I haven't even heard of them, to be honest with you. Oh, my goodness. Bucky's is, you know what, you'll have to Google it later. It is, it is a, it's like, we call it like gas station Disneyland. It's a, it's a gas station chain that's only really in Texas and in a couple of other Southern states. And it is amazing. That's all I can say about it. It's, yes. it's until you go, you won't understand what it is, but Texans, we love Bucky's. Yes, indeed. Yeah. You, and you <laughs> can claim that now. <laughs> yes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> Even though you don't have quite the accent, but that, Hey, that's okay. Not, not yet. We, I'm working on it and we've definitely started using the y'all and I hope my, my little kids, I think hopefully they'll get the, they'll get, they'll pick up the accents from living here. Yes. Yes, indeed. Well, I'm glad it's been good to you. So, and, and, mm-hmm. and we're glad to have you for sure. So Thanks. absolutely. So, uh, yeah, one of my questions was going, was going to be is, uh, d- during this time, uh, you know, when the world shut down, you know, sort of speak. Um, yeah. What are the main positives you can take out of all this uh, negativity that's happened? Well, I think that for us, we got to spend a lot of time with our kids. We got to spend a lot of time together. Um, you obviously reevaluate what's important to you and start to, you know, realize the things that you don't need in your life. Um, so I would say that was probably a positive. It's like, you know, as crazy as we all got living in one house for, you know, and not the kids not being in school and all that. It was, I kind of said to Colin, you know, one day we're going to look back on this and say, when they're all moved out and say, well, wasn't that great? Wasn't that great? You know? So that was one positive. And then I think also because we were forced to be, couldn't go anywhere, couldn't perform. We were able to create more art and think about the next, you know, finish this record. And then we've now even mapped out the next full length, which will come out next year. So we've been busy, you know, we've used, we've, we didn't just sit around watching Netflix and Tiger King, although we did watch Tiger King. (laughs) We, We did, we were productive as well, for sure. I, yeah, I watched that and I, I'll, I have different <laughs> opinions, but wow. Something Wild. else. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, honestly, I didn't even know that man existed before that yeah. series. And neither did we. Yeah. <laughs> but yet, how did, he, he was, he was this popular, yet I'd never heard of him. <laughs> right. I know. And, and there's an, even a second part coming out like in the next couple of weeks or something. So I know it really was a crazy story and not, not too far from where we are because we're in North Texas, um, just South of Denton. And so I guess his, the tiger King was like, Oh, not too far away, like an hour and a half up in Oklahoma or something. So in fact, I even, Oh my God, just, you just reminded <laughs> me too. There was a meme that I saw it was something like something about COVID and the main course of the uh, pandemic. And there's there's uh, Joe Exotic, uh, Carol Baskin. <laughs> right, <laughs> you know. Oh wow! Yeah, so he's he's definitely become uh, become the uh, 
the front of a lot of memes on that saying Carol Baskin. Yeah, yes. for sure. <laughs> uh, but um, <laughs> your your latest album that you have released, um, uh, The Witch, I mean, obviously we're sticking with the uh, genre of s- symphonic metal or else it wouldn't be Tulip. But uh, it, it does right. it does feel that uh, you've gone a little more a little darker and a little more aggressive in this one. Yeah, that's an excellent observation, and I'm and Colin will be really happy that you picked up on that because he wants to. We're going to keep with the symphonic metal and the the singing and the clean vocals on my part. I'm never going to do any screams, but we've got a couple here and there that he puts in, and just for added effect and, and live, they work really well as um, when they're in a, you know, live audience context. But yeah, I think um, for the content matter for this EP, we wanted it to be heavier. So Colin really likes to just, you know, use the way that he writes the guitar tones and the way that he writes the, the different um, drum parts and the bass lines. He wanted this to be a little darker yeah, so definitely you picked up on that, yeah, perfectly. Well, I mean, the title alone, you know it's going to be a little bit darker, but then, you know, as I was listening yeah. to it, uh, it's, yeah, like you said, it's heavier, it's more aggressive, it's more in your face than last mm-hmm. time. Yeah, I think this is the most personal writing that I've done for sure. So each of the different characters that I'm singing about are, you know, different archetypes of actual people that I know and relationships that have been broken or that have been strained throughout the pandemic, throughout, you know, our, our leaving of our former religion. Um, so that there, it's really very raw content for me and very personal. And even the one slow song on the, on the record is me singing to like my younger self. So that is like a really emotional song. That one's called the one. And, um, so, yeah, I think because of the content and the way that we rewrote it, yeah, it's definitely more in your face and uh, less sort of like high strangeness was more about ideas. And this is, you know, we're telling a real story in this one. Yes, yes. So, um, yeah, the last time I talked to you, of course, that was two years ago, 2019. Uh, did you have any idea that uh, this was the content you were going to be putting out or is this something you came up over with over time during the pandemic or how did it come about? A little bit of both. Um, the way that we write is that Colin comes up with riffs or um, musical ideas on the guitar that he then fleshes out into a whole symphonic you know, piece and then he gives me the MIDI files or even just like the bones of the song, the structure. And then I write the melodies and the lyrics for it all and then have to figure out, okay, well, this reminds me of this. And we start talking about what are some things that we want to write about. And of course, like, you know, we've been through a lot. We've been through a lot, you know, leaving, being, you know, kicked out of our former church. We've been um, even just like, we've been doing a lot of research on these sort of like shadow archetypes these feminine archetypes. This is like a Carl Jung kind of idea. We've been doing lots of reading and that also kind of happens through the pandemic. And then, yeah, we just started writing and, and thinking and talking a lot more about where we wanted to go with this. Yes. Yes. So 
when the madness started to calm down, uh, when when was it that you actually finally got to go out on stage for for the first time in a long time, you might say? We played, we headlined Trees Dallas in Dee's Alum um, about three weeks ago on September 26th, and it was amazing. We had, um, we were really excited. We were really excited to get back out there, and live music is definitely back in Texas. I don't know if it's really quite thriving every in every state yet, but, you know, Texas, we don't have ma- a mask mandate, and um, we don't have vaccine mandates either, so people were able to just come and enjoy themselves and uh it was so great really to be back out there i mean i can't tell you it was just the energy and it just felt like everyone was so happy to just hear live music again and we were able to spend a lot of time with everyone after the show and just you know have a drink and sign sign pictures and take pictures and sell t-shirts and just visit with people and get to know them and you know, it was great. It just felt like we all, we had a really great evening and, uh, yeah, it was, it was awesome. Now, let me tell you, um, there was, uh, in, in the summer of 2020, June of 2020, it was, it's, it kind of seemed like a miracle because, uh, my friend Gordy got, uh, was able to, uh, push through highway 30 music fest. It was a three day, uh, festival here. And during okay. during the midst of, of the whole pandemic, I mean, he had other events that he had to cancel prior to it, and he fought tooth and nail to get it done, and he did get it done. Of course, he set wow. up he set up hand sanitizers. He set up, you know, tried to enforce more, uh, encourage social distancing. But when big acts like Chris Jansen hit the stage, there was no social distancing. Right, <laughs> and at the end of the day. You want to know how many confirmed cases of COVID there was uh, afterwards from that event? How many? Zero. Wow. That we know of. Um, What's that? Right. No, I know. It's like no one knows what to make of this thing. You know, it's like what is the what information is real and what information is fake. It's so hard to know. And you now have a personal story where you were at this festival and everybody was fine and safe. So that's your, tr- that's true. That happened. So what, what does it mean? Right. Yeah. Like how come that data is not entered into the larger well, data sphere? Well, see, and also Chris Jansen and, and uh, Gordy were uh, criticized by the media saying that all they care about is their wallets. So they don't care about the safety of their fans or whatever yet. Zero cases confirmed cases of COVID yeah. And, um, you know, I ended up catching COVID from my daughter three months later. Oh, oh my. Well, I'm glad you're okay. <laughs> you know what? I did, I've been sicker than that before, too. I did not get very sick. I mean, I had... good. You're probably healthy. Yeah. I had a minor sore throat, a bit, little bit of a fever, and then I lost my sense of smell for about a week, you know, stayed quarantined, and I was fine. You know, and right. even... Even my wife, who has underlying health conditions, she did not get that sick. So good, <laughs> yeah. yeah, good, yeah. But well, well, I hope we're through the worst of it and yeah. we can start to move on. Well, it's it's as I've been saying to people, you know, um, there's two things that are promised to us in in this lifetime that are not good, and that's sickness 
and death. And we're going to, mm-hmm. we're going, we're not going to get through this life without getting sick. We have to cross that bridge because we're going to come to it. You know, it's just how, mm-hmm. how we deal with it when it's time, you know? Yes, absolutely. Yes. But uh, I'm, I'm glad to see that uh, how everything's working out for you and, and uh, you've come out with an almost, I can say, a new sound that is phenomenal. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, we're going to keep going on this riding this wave. And we've got a lot more in the pipeline, which we're really excited to share with everybody. And uh, yeah, we're, it's, I, I feel, feel like I've really found my, 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 hit my stride vocally now. I think Colin and I know how to record my voice. And I obviously work with my vo- my voice teacher, Melissa Cross, who's, you know, the greatest voice teacher in the metal genre. And just to really figure out how I can bring that power, you know, because you remember I came out of opera. So I was still transitioning when I first, when we made our first record that we, and we did the interview with you about. And then now I think I've really embraced the metal sound which i'm really proud of and excited to continue you know come to think of it there ashley there is there's a young lady out of pennsylvania she's the lead singer of a band called reign of z of course her name is zosha and uh, she too has her own unique uh sound where i think uh she too started an opera she she likes to scream but uh, okay. it's like she, but she can mix it up between where she can scream and then where she can sing, and it's like she's mm. mastered that as an art, you know. And yeah, I don't know it, if you know it, it. It it's totally possible. There are a lot of female fronted um, women who do the singing and the screaming. You know, uh, Tatiana Schmiluck from Ginger's like that. Um, there, uh, Maria Brink from in this moment is like that. So they can do the kind the back and forth. And I'm, it's so, it's very impressive. I don't think I'm going to be able to get there with that because I just have such a high voice, but, um, I really, my hat is off to the women that can do both. Oh, uh, I'm, I'm going to tell you, she gets, uh, she gets more aggressive than Maria from, uh, in this moment. I mean, she almost gets to, almost like a cannibal corpse scream when she gets into it. Cool. Yeah. Cool. I'm going to have to give them a listen when we get off. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, they, they're awesome. And, and, and they're, they were a lot of fun to talk to as well when I had them on. Uh, I don't know if you right. ever, if you were to ever team up with them, I, I just can't help but wonder what that's going to sound like. Okay. Yeah. I'll definitely uh, reach out. Yes. <laughs> so, Talking about the future of Tulip, of course, you're you said uh, you're you're going to have another uh, album out next year. But uh, what about uh, future gigs? What do we got going on uh, going from there? You know, it's it's still challenging because a lot of places are still canceling their dates or moving their dates forward. You know, we're supposed to go to Europe to open for Taria in March, but we're not entirely sure that those dates are going to go yet because, you know, Europe, they, I think everyone's kind of waiting till Christmas to confirm. But as we've noticed, a lot of people are pushing things out to end of 2022, 2023. So we're working with our booking agent right now to try and figure out the best tour to hop on or, you know, and it'll, it'll likely be, we'll do some festivals next summer and then, um, 
touring again next fall is seems like the conservative response. Now we can also, we'll probably play some shows more locally here um, because we just love doing that. And, you know, of course, like Texas is open for business, so we can definitely do that. But in terms of touring, we're going to have to probably wait a little bit longer. Hey, unfortunately. Hey, Idaho is welcome for business. We don't require masks or anything like that either. So, <laughs> Yeah, maybe we'll just come play a show in, in Idaho. That would be awesome. I, I don't think I've ever been there. <laughs> yes. A lot of rednecks and a lot of agriculture. But then again, I think you can say the same thing about Texas. Sure, of course. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Sounds, sounds awesome. Yes. Uh, but um, as far as gigs, though, I mean, obviously uh, – you know, tour, touring is a big question, but in, any local gigs coming up that uh, you can you can uh, release? No, nothing, nothing before the new year. Nothing before the new year. There's something we're working on in the new year, but uh, nothing until next year. Yeah, yeah, that we can announce just yet. Gotcha, gotcha. Well, uh, that's all the questions I have for you. I know I kept it uh, I kept it fairly short this time, but um, yeah, no problem. It was definitely great hearing from you again. It's good to know you're doing well. So, Oh, likewise. And just, you know, again, we really appreciate your support and uh, your interest in, in Tulip because, you know, we're, we're nothing without listeners. So How thank can, you. Well, I mean, for one, I don't, Shauna has never hooked me up with anybody that uh, I don't like. Uh, for another, <laughs> I, I mean, she's the best. Yeah, another, how can I not uh, be interested? Yeah, yes. yeah, she's great. Yes. So uh, before we hit the upcoming music set, uh, why don't you go ahead and uh, give yourself a plug uh, to once again tell the listeners where they can find Tulip. You got social media, got a website, mm-hmm. Re- Reverb Nation, iTunes, Spotify, and all that good stuff. Yeah, we are on all the major streaming. You can find everything you need to uh, locate Tulip um, at www.wearetulip.com. And that's where you can get everything. Our videos are all there. Our links to Facebook, Instagram, Twitter are all there in one convenient location. All right. Well, hey, thank you so much and uh, best of luck to you in your future endeavors. Thank you, Billy. We'll talk soon. You bet. Take care. And ladies and gentlemen, there you have the interview with Ashley Simcue of Tulip. It was great having her back on the show. It's time to go to our first music set. Coming up, we have Anton Myberg, going to be followed by The Crypt Keeper. We have Never Wake, India Morell, and Spike Coggins. Be right back after this. This is the kind of thing that just tickles my balls. You're listening to Outlaw Radio, and if you don't agree with our opinions, then fuck your mother. Hey, do you kiss your girlfriend with that mouth?
old cowboy went riding out one dark and windy day. Upon a ridge he rested as he went along his way. When all at once a mighty herd of red-eyed cows he saw bowing through the ragged sky, and up a cloudy draw. Their brands are still on fire and their roofs are made of steel. Their horns are black and shiny and their hot breath he could feel. A bolt of fear went through him as they thundered through the sky And he saw the riders coming hard And he heard their mournful cry Yippee-yay Yippee-yay Ghost riders in the sky Is gone, their eyes are blurred, their shirts all soaked with sweat. He's riding hard to catch that herd, but he ain't caught them yet. Cause they've got to ride forever on that big range in the sky, on horses snorting fire. As they ride on here, they cry. As the riders loped on by him, he heard one call his name The one to save your soul from hell A-riding on our range Then cowboy change your ways today Or with us you will ride Chasing down the devil's earth Across these endless skies Yippee-yay speak or hear and it's so dark all the time if i knew it would be this lonely i would have been cremated instead
<laughs> Welcome, kiddies. Would you like to dance to death? All you have to do is come to the Crypt Keeper's party. A monster bash, if you will. Come on down! a feast. Only the best of fiends can come. We'll have skeletons of fun. So come on down to the Keeper's Zoo. I'm sure it will get grave reviews. Beyond time if you can. Cause this is the Crypt Jam. Just jam. Permanent headaches, the end of the mission. For you have entered the Keeper's Terravision. So everybody just make that dash. A dash to the Crypt Keeper's Monster Bash. So come along with the Keeper's plan. But this is the Crypt Jam. Yeah. 
Rabbit brush, bleaching sun, flushing grouse. What have I done? Waiting for an old friend, upstate at the gate, vouched my life. Was his fate Washboard Desert Road Oh, you lied to me Heather and Rope Lock Trunk alone They gave me a spade Thin marks on its handle This wide, this deep that's Coyote Shallow Now out in the rabbit brush That's where you can hide all the tracks Under a bleaching sun there's no looking back Rabbit brush Bleaching sun Flushing grouse What have I become? I used duct tape I bound his hands I took thirteen foot of rope I choked my friend to death I choked him to sun fades I'm in this desert all alone
there is no other feeling than strapping up or grabbing those kettlebells, grappling on the mat, or doing some shadow boxing, getting knocked down, getting back up, throwing strikes, and then doing it all over again. So when you hear someone scream, gear up, you better get ready, because it's just you, your Hunter Athletic Gear, and the voice telling you to train harder. No matter how much experience you have, Hunter Athletic Gear stands with you all the way. Their products are engineered for utmost comfort, protection, and speed. Battle after battle, Hunter Athletic Gear is the brand celebrating your victory. Hunter Athletic Gear has a range of great training and fight gear for men and ladies, including compression pants, fight shorts, hoodies, vests, caps, and bikinis. They can create custom branded ranges for your gym or business. Visit their website at huntermma.co.za. Gear up and let's train. What news and information are your media dollars buying when the narrative is prescribed by the advertisers? Scripted lies, media brainwashing, and thought control. Take back your voice. Take back our media. But most of all, take back our First Amendment. Subscribe to Caravan to Midnight today for hard-hitting commentary free from political correctness and media bias as I and some of the most intelligent and interesting people on Earth delve deep into what really lies beyond the headlines. Three to four hour uninterrupted and uncensored information. Join our CTM family today. Join the movement. Join the fight for freedom and independence. Caravan to Midnight is media for the people, by the people, independent of commercial obligations or influence. For less than a cup of coffee per month, you can make a difference. Let the people fund the next news network. Help us grow. Help us create a platform where we place freedom of speech and thought first. Join the family at caravantomidnight.com. A well-regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state, the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. This is the Second Amendment of the United States of America's Constitution. This Second Amendment, the right of law-abiding Americans to privately own and possess firearms, is under attack like no other time in America's history. Joe Biden and Kamala Harris have pledged to take away your Second Amendment rights through gun bans, gun confiscations, and government regulations. Even a gun tax. Do not take this lying down. The time to take action and fight to protect your Second Amendment rights is now. Join the Second Amendment Foundation, the oldest and largest nonprofit foundation focused on protecting your Second Amendment rights. For more information, to join or to donate, visit saf.org. And now a message for the men. Listen up, guys. Fact. As we men age, our IGF-1 growth factor levels decrease, which can lead to gradual deterioration of energy, muscle growth, and immune function. From Neutronics Labs comes a line of health supplements that make men men again. Deer Antler Velvet. Listen. IGF-1 Plus Deer Antler Velvet contains the most concentrated source of widely diversified nutrition found in the plant or animal kingdom. Choose from Neutronics Labs liposome spray products. From the Ultra 10,000 Nanograms Package to the Platinum 300,000 Nanograms Package. They're also specially formulated supplements for joint pain relief, more energy, better stamina, better natural sleep, stress relief, and weight loss. For more information about these amazing products, visit keys2life.shop. That's K-E-Y-S, the number 2, life.shop. IGF-1 Plus Deer Antler Velvet Supplements from Neutronics Labs. Making men, men again. Yo, baby! 
you have your asshole licked by a fat man in an overcoat? You're listening to Outlaw Radio. Now buy a sewing machine, take it home, and cram it up your ass. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Outlaw Radio, brought to you by Coldcock Whiskey. Raise your glass, take a shot. You must be 21 years of age or older to drink. Hunter Athletic, gear up, let's train, and Neutronics IGF-1, making men, men again. The songs you just heard, you just heard Spike Coggins with Rabbit Brush. Before that, India Morel with A Vampire Story. Before that, Never Wake with Thriller. Before that, the Crypt Keeper with the Crypt Jam. And starting off the whole set, Anton Myberg out of South Africa with Ghost Riders in the Sky and a great uh, cover of that song. An old, old classic. Yes, indeed. And all these songs appropriate for Halloween. I hope everybody's having a great Halloween season. So before I go any further... I want to remind you, go to the Outlaw Radio store, outlawradio.com, or excuse me, outlawradioabs.com. Yes, Outlaw Radio, Alpha, Bravo, Sierra.com. And I want to tell you, inflation is on the rise. Yes, indeed. You remember what happened in 2008? Well, it the way things are going and the way Joe Biden is running this country, it can get a hell of a lot fucking worse. Let me tell you that right now. So be sure you are prepared. Go to the Outlaw Radio store, click on down to the My Patriot Supply banner, and get yourself some food with a 25-year shelf life. Yes, because if you notice, the grocery store shelves are looking emptier and emptier every day. So if a famine's coming, be prepared. Yes, go to outlawradioabs.com, visit the store section, and go down and click on the My Patriot Supply banner and get yourself some food with a 25-year shelf life along with some other essential supplies for survival. All right, so... In just a little bit, you're going to hear the interview that I had with Sipo Imnisi out of South Africa. I'm welcoming him back to the show. Before I get to that, though, it is time to reveal... The Outlaw Radio Idiot of the Week. And ladies and gentlemen, the Outlaw Radio Idiot of the Week this week is Farrah Khan out of Canada. Now, what did this person do? You're wondering, well, well, uh, Farrah Khan was on a uh, radio show with uh, veteran uh, radio host uh, Peter Sherman. And, uh, well, uh, let's just take a listen to uh, this interview. Didn't last long. This is uh, barely three and a half minutes. So let's take a listen here. You know, uh, not too many years ago, I had a, a relative, a young lady relative, uh, come to uh, stay with us in Toronto because she wanted to move to Toronto from where she lived. And she stayed with uh, with my wife and myself. 
and uh, went about her business, tried to find a job, all the rest of it. She's This is uh, a number of years now, and she's since grown up and doing fine. But uh, when she arrived, she was not a, a big city girl. And we had to wrestle with how you behave if you're a young lady, you know, a nice-looking young lady going into uh, establishments where... Let's just say you could get into trouble. You go, um, you're, you're trying to get social, you're trying to make friends, and you go into a bar. It might not be the first choice, but maybe it's the only choice. And uh, I remember finding out that uh, she had been doing things like uh, ordering a drink, leaving it on the bar, going to the washroom, and then coming back. And you know, when you hear that, you go, you can't do that, and here's why. And you have to explain it. Then you, you uh, look at these signs that are up on bathroom walls, uh, in in female washrooms in public establishments, particularly where alcohol is served, and you see that there is a, a drink that doesn't really exist that you can order. And if you order it a certain way, what you're doing is signaling the waitstaff that you're in trouble. And what kind of trouble is uh, is what you're telling them through this this encoded drink that you're ordering? And maybe they'll call the police, or maybe they'll uh, help shoo away the guy who's bothering you, whatever it happens to be. Anyway, these are various approaches to assisting young women who get themselves or through no fault of their own wind up in trouble when it comes to the service of alcohol. Ontario's mandatory training program for those who sell and serve and deliver and handle alcohol is soon going to include training on how to recognize and respond to sexual violence in a bar or a restaurant setting. And uh, this is due in great degree to Smart Serve Ontario. And uh, we're lucky to have with us Farah Khan, who is manager of Consent Comes First at Ryerson University's Office of Sexual Violence Support and Education. And Farah, welcome to the program. You had a lot to do with this. I did in the way of advocating with violence against women organizations and advocates across this province, as well as with City Councilor Kristen Wong Tam, as well as Peggy Sattler, who actually did a private member's bill in 2017. Kristen did uh, a city motion that passed in 2016. And so we've done a lot of work to really raise this issue for a very long time with SmartServe. And at first they were reluctant to do it. I'm happy that this has come through, but I'm very disappointed in the breadth and depth that they're covering. I also want to just check you for a second. I heard you say at one point, they get themselves into this trouble, kind of like that kind of naming. And I just want to be really clear here that the survivor, someone who's affected by sexual violence, someone who is sexually assaulted, doesn't get themselves into trouble. The oh, yes, they do. I'm not going to get in an argument on this. I wound up with... Violence. Excuse me, excuse me. Talking, the person that's responsible for sexual violence is the person that's committing the sexual violence. We don't you, have uh, shame. Farah, for I'm going to remind you that you're a guest on this program. I'm asking you questions and I'm giving you answers. I, and I, what I, you heard I, me I, say I, when I introduced I you... Interview's done. I'm going to end this interview now because I don't think you're respecting me. All right, so... Basically, she didn't want to give uh, Peter Sherman a chance to explain himself and uh, just went and she, it was his show, but the conversation had to be done her way. And then, of course, this Farrakhan had to go to Twitter and shame him and, and get the woke mob after him. And basically, uh, in the end, he ended up getting fired from his job as a radio host. This is fucking pathetic. Wow. <laughs> All right. Enough on this. Let's go to uh, the, the next interview of the show with Sipo Imnisi. Here we go. 
This is the Outlaw Radio Halloween Special 2021. At this time, I am joined once again by Sipo Imnisi out of South Africa. How have you been doing, my friend? Ah, oh, Billy, I'm doing great. Uh, I'm doing fine. Yes. Uh, in South Africa at the moment, yes. <laughs> uh, I hope in, in America it's doing fine as well. Well... I'm doing okay, that's for sure. <laughs> yes. So, we have, uh, in the past, uh, you've been on the show before, and we have talked about, uh, you know, a lot of your politics and a lot of the policies and a lot of stuff going on there. Uh, this time, uh, having you on, we're going to change the subject a little bit from the politics because, uh, you know, it was, it was uh, I don't know how long ago it was, but you were featured in a special where they were talking about uh, the Sangoma Witch Doctors. Uh, how long ago was that? Oh, with Witch Doctors I mean, in this country, South Africa, it's, it's the longest practice ever. It has been practiced for, for, for decades and decades. And uh, I guess it's now part of the culture in, in, in South Africa. Well, uh, what I meant was, how long ago was the special that uh, you were featured in? How long? How yeah. long have you have, have you what? Uh, oh, how long ago when the, when you were featured in that uh, special uh, about the about the San Goma when they interviewed you? How how many years ago was that? Oh, it was in it was in twenty eighteen. Okay, 2018. So, so about three years ago. So it wasn't that long ago. Yeah, it's not, it's not that long ago. Yes, but uh, yeah, the San, the San Goma rituals, of course, something like that ha- has to be, uh, I would think, hundreds of years old. If I'm not yeah, for something like this, that involves sort of cultural cal- cultural practice. It can go up a hundred years over. Yes, yes, and um, now that if you could could explain uh, a little bit uh, what the the, uh, the San Goma witch doctors. First off, that's more of the uh, Zulu culture, correct? Or cor- please correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, it, the San Goma is, is just a name. It's just is a a Zulu name because here yeah, there are a lot of languages. Every language it can be called a different thing, but it's 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 it's, it's all the same thing. So in Zulu name it's a Sangoma, in Echana name it's a they they call it Naka. 
So it's different with other languages, but it's all the same thing. Yes, yes. And, um, you know, we talk, we talk about this, you know, I, I've seen a few of them, uh, you know, they, pr they practice, uh, I don't know, I can't fully explain it myself, but uh, I see one lady, she's uh, try, trying to read a situation with bones, but uh, more more importantly, uh, there's there's a sub substance out there they call muti, which uh, is supposed to be like a healing potion, and it can consist of. Now, please correct me if I'm wrong, Sipo. It can consist of okay. her herbs, spices, or even uh, animal or human body parts. Correct. Yeah, correct. Muti is like a, a medicine potion. We call it Muti this side. And yes, it, 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 it consists of uh, animals, uh, some, 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 sometimes uh, traditional herbs, and then it can go up to human body parts. And it, it, yeah, it's a mixture of all of it. Some, some governments use human body part and some shoes use animals and some of them use like the, the, the natural herbs. So it, it, it all depends on what kind of healing you are looking for. Okay, so uh, let's say you have you have something like like you you have arthritis, uh, you know, aching aching joints, aching back, you know, uh, what what would they what would a, a witch doctor recommend for for something like arthritis? Uh, the 99% of of them cannot even heal it. Like you know, 99% of them cannot even heal like the 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 natural diseases like headache, arthritis, all chronic diseases. They cannot heal it. So I can say 99% of them are not even uh, looking for patients like that. 99% of them are looking for people who are in, like, spiritually, and uh, maybe you are in trouble with your, with your past. Maybe you want to get rid of someone, like get rid of them uh, in life. That's where they help most of the times. That's where their multi actually work. So their multi, I don't think it can work on, on healing you if you are really, really sick. Because most of these people, they're telling people desire, desire rituals. People have, have been doing desire rituals. I personally see someone do something to herself that it was desire to be. She, 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 she is actually my cousin and she was not even sick. She was not even like looking for healing. She was just looking to get a man, like get a marriage, because here in, in this country, when girls are really deep in, into marriage or finding a, a husband, their last resort will be the witch doctors, Sangomas. So a cousin of mine was, she was told that she must, when like after bath, after bathing herself, she must, she must moisturize with her own, with, with her own. For about three weeks, 
then after then she needs she, she need to return to her Sangoma then they will work it all out they will work it all out and then she can finally get married, she will have a husband, then they can finally have a business that she always dream of. Sort of those things is all like part of fantasies to me. That's what they believe in. So cousin, my cousin was actually doing it, passing and moisturizing with her, with her, with her, with her own feces for two or three weeks. And I was like, no, you moisturize with her own feces. Then what happened? You know, something. Hey, I'm going to have luck. I'm going to finally get a husband. I'm going to have to attract men. But, you know, feces cannot help you attract men because you are going to be smelly. She said, no, it's, it's this thing because it's part of ritual. Men will not think the way I think. So, you know, it's all bizarre. Like, it's, 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 it's like they're taking their, mind, like their common sense away. So they have them to, to believe in these superpowers which do not really exist. I was shocked myself. Hmm. Interesting, interesting. Yeah. Well, and and th- this this stuff can actually get much darker too when we think about uh, the the farm murders, for example, too. Um, you know, one thing that I have I have not discussed. I've discussed the farm murders many times uh, um but i have what i have not brought up too is that often from what i understand um when a farmer is uh has been attacked and murdered they will take uh, the body parts of him and his family to the witch doctor to make moody if i'm not correct or if i'm correct yes some of them they remove their body parts off and I think maybe they're going to have some 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 uh, some multi manufactured of their body parts. I think so. Yeah. Because some of the that yeah, some some of these white farm farmers bodies have been discovered that they do not have private parts. They do not have other body uh, parts in their bodies. They have been removed because uh, some of these which, 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 which doctors believe that if they can use some body parts of a different ethnicities, uh, not like maybe whites, uh, maybe some sometimes they even prefer the albino people's body parts. They believe that their motive will be powerful. And uh, and particularly too. Um the uh, the genitals, the private parts, correct? Yes. Wow that that's that's just horrible. <laughs> I, mean, it's, I mean, I I did say this subject can get dark, and it and it does, and it does, yes. Yeah, it was reported even on national TV news, and uh, that uh, two albino two 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 albino teenagers were found, but their bodies were not altogether, private, private parts were removed, uh, but the people who were removed them were, were, were arrested, but the witch doctor who has these private parts is, still cannot be found, because some of these people, like, they cross the country, they are, some of them, they are, like, they are, 
they are original from neighboring countries, Mozambique, Zimbabwe, Botswana, Lesotho, Swaziland. They are from there, but they have South African passports. So South African people believe that if they, they consult which, which doctors outside the country, they can their motive will be more powerful than the South African the, the South African counterpart. So the one who actually prefer this body parts mostly is the one from Mozambique, Zimbabwe, and Swaziland. They actually prefer the human body parts, especially the private parts, the genitals. They going to be doing multi of them. Then people actually believe that the stuff really works because there are some of even businessmen, even people who do business with government, like those who, who got tenders from government in this country. We have people who got tenders. They perform some traditional rituals and they believe that they, from performing that, government will hand them over the, the, the tenders. We actually have a group here in South Africa Everybody fear them. They are based in Guadalupe, in Deben. So they call themselves Matelago. So this group is actually powerful because they can stop a, a government service so that they can benefit themselves because they stopped the big project in Deben because they believe that they were not treated. They were the, the the tender process was not fairly treated. Well, it, 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 it was not fairly given to them. So they will, they will, they will stop this big project, like big, the building of houses or bridges of roads, and then they will demand that the process can only be going on if they are, if they are, they are giving 15% of the proceeds. That's going to be awarded from government. That's what they have been doing. Matela Wusa, so some of them were on national TV saying that all because they are from powerful witch doctors. That's why they get these things done. Even though they get without providing any services. You know, you, they just get these millions of rent coming to them without providing any services. They are not able to build roads. They are not able to build schools but they are getting paid to do that. Because of that, they, they can stop all these projects. Well, that's, that's something. T- I don't even know what to say, to be honest with you. But what really, it just really baffles me, Sipo, is that, um, you know, um, I mean, it, it, and th- this type of thing, too, is not just in South Africa, too, but, uh, you know, if you obviously... Uh, you know, the, the rhino poaching that, you know, that happens throughout the continent of Africa because the Chinese believe that the rhino's horn can cure impotence. And then even the, even the science fiction movie that was made there in South Africa, District 9, um, I don't know if you've seen that or not, uh, but uh, when that man was starting to become possessed by aliens and his arm was becoming like alien the nigerians believed that if they were to chop off his arm and eat it they would absorb his powers you know i mean these superstitions have been going i mean it's not just africa it's also in china too and and uh, i wouldn't be surprised if it's here in the u.s 
I am surprised that that uh, China can actually believe in this stuff. I guess maybe the rhino poaching is a big business because uh, even business people are, are in it, they are also doing it. I guess it goes with also trading. It, 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 it's not only exclusively to, to mochi. I guess they're selling off them to other countries somehow. But yeah, for 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 multi, I guess maybe that's exclusively for for the China. But people who are doing here, who are doing it here, they are just doing it for for selling it. Because in 2019, yes, I met a guy who told me that they are looking for a guy in Sun City. Sun City is a resort here in. In, in South Africa, he told me that two businessmen are looking for a guy and then they're going to give me some money, so I must go there with him and say, no, you know what, tell your guys to come to my town tutorial to meet me if they are, they are looking for a guy, for a black guy. So he was so coercive, so coercive that I must go with him to San City. No, but part of me realized, no, this guy is so convincing that I have to go there with him with with him there so that we can present a business together. So I realized, no, this is part of the ritual. If I go there with him, then they overpower me. So obviously he knows them. If I go there, they overpower me, and then they take my body parts, and that's it. So I told him, no, bring your guys this side of town, Pretoria, so we, we can meet at the band and discuss this whole thing together. Then he finally blocked my number, so I said, okay, that was it. He wanted the boy parts. That's how I was saved. That's wow. So, so um, th- this is an experience you actually have. And I mean, uh, you know, I'm I'm glad you survived it. But still, that that has to feel like it it haunts you at the same time too. Having to having to uh, experience that yourself, even though. Uh, Thank God you didn't come to any physical harm yourself, but still, I mean, that's really, really scary. Yes, but you know, people, I do not really pay attention. A lot of people, like the teenagers, even people my age, have gone missing because of a lack of money and lack of jobs. When you hear someone that offering you something somewhere and you are really desperate, you go with them. So people are not really, like, it's happening, they are aware of it, but by that time, because of inspiration, they, they eventually like give in. There are a lot of girls who are missing here, and you know, we know what happens that if they are missing and they cannot be found, we already know that no, they have been killed and they are, their body parts have been removed. We, we already know that because some other girls also believe that uh, if you sacrifice with body parts, then you will actually get more money. Than sacrificing with 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 with, with human with uh, with um, I mean animal body parts, human body parts are here to be like more 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 lucrative than animal parts. So some other Sangomas believe that uh, like they telling their 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 patients or the people who come to consult to them. They are telling them to uh, do this and, and do that. If you do this, then 
your life is going to be like this and this and that and that. If you sacrifice with a child, your 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 life might 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 change this way. If you sacrifice like with an older person, let's say a guy, because they normally prefer guys over to guys, they believe that a guy is more powerful. A body part from a guy is more powerful than a body part from a a a female. Just like a body part from a a child, a newly born child, it is more powerful than a the body part from an adult. That's how they believe it because I know some guy who actually uh, was told that to bring a child, life, a life child, to be sacrificed, and then they will pay him a hundred thousand rent. This child was uh, this guy. He was told me that no, I'm gonna go to the Limpopo province. Limpopo province is a, it's, it's, it's another province in South Africa, which uh, many people in in, in the cities comes from there. And then that's where many children are being like abducted, bring them to the cities just to be sacrificed, newly born children to be sacrificed. And this 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 guy told me that no man, the people who actually want a life like a, a child who, who, who is still alive, a newly born child, they are rich, they are live in an estate, in a gated estate, but they need the, the, they need a child to be sacrificed and he 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 actually invited me to 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 a party for that sacrifice. I don't know. I'm not going to attend sex. I don't know good luck if you are going to bring a child and then they're going to sacrifice a child to a party. He told me there will be some drinks, some food, uh, some money give give away I say no, I'm not interested. I know that these people are rich, but no, I'm not really interested to attend such parties. I was shocked myself wow. that a, a child is wanted to be sacrificed, and he was willing to do it. Wow. You know, it's what I understand too is. Um, you know, Sipo, there's there's uh, something I take uh, every morning called hydroxychloroquine, and um, you know, I yes, I had COVID nineteen. Um, you know, I I really did not get very sick from it. Um, you know, I I I got through it pretty easily, and it, and this stuff that I take actually helps prevent it even further. It's actually been proven to cure malaria. So see. Let's say I could bring a whole supply of this stuff, but um, if um, a lot of a lot of the people there would totally discard me to take the advice of the witch doctor, um, who's obviously whatever he says and what he pr- provides isn't going to do the trick for COVID. But I've got the answer. But still, they're going to listen to him if I'm not mistaken. A lot of them. Yes. Because you no, know, you know, most, like most white people here who happen to be employers, the private employers in this country is mostly white people. They they do get these letters like uh, the sick note. They say, say sick note letters from witch doctors. If one one of their employee their employees have consulted the witch doctors, they do get this sick note. 
bizarre signals that uh, my patient is like this and this and this, and he required this amount of time to to stay home. So because South African law have have like have passed the law uh, the, to 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 accept the witch doctors as part of the medicine, so they have no choice but to accept these signals, even though they are not really these signals are not really a professional signals, just signals from witch witch, witch doctors because South African government says you no know, okay. It is the law to accept sick notes from the witch doctors. Yes, employees bring it uh, to the employers. I'm going to do this and this. I'm going to be away for two weeks. And they have to sign it off, accept it. Yeah, yeah, that's what I understand too. I mean, you can uh, you can get what you need uh, from the local hospital, but uh, often too, the uh, you know, you get get somebody, and it doesn't matter if they're black, white, Asian, doesn't none of that matters, you know, because there's educated people of all races, but um, you know, they you get you get the professional advice you need and, and all that, but uh, a lot of times, from what I understand, the uh, Sangoma witch doctor actually has uh, more credit by a lot of the local people because I don't know what. What's got them uh, mesmerized, brainwashed, whatever? But they'll they'll take that advice before they'll take any other uh, uh, any b- professional advice, uh, from what I understand, and think that's more credible. Yes, correct. Because some of them are considered to be professional. They are considered to be on the high level. They they like they even have a. They even have their 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 talk shows on radios. They even have their TV shows. Like I have watched this show, in which doctor is married to to three wives and two gay gay guys at at at, at the same time. Like it's a it's a what what can I call it? It's a it's a polygamy. It's a polygamy with women and men at the same time. So when asked why he was doing such thing and he said his ancestors permitted it that he he he's supposed to be get married to to do two three women and two guys at the same time. This show it was like it had two seasons. I don't know if they are on third season or what. I was shocked like this guy is having it like he, he is considering his his practice as a business, and then he's also into polygamy, like with different genders. It was like that to him. Hmm. Yeah, it's. Uh, <laughs> I mean, you, you got me speechless with a lot of the things you're telling me, Sipo. I mean, uh, I I knew that uh, when we agreed to have this conversation, that uh, I was gonna I was gonna hear some stuff that uh, would blow my mind, but I, I just don't think I was prepared for uh, everything you were about to tell me. It's, you know, it's, it's de- definitely some very, very dark stuff for sure. And uh, it's, you know, but uh, it helps me understand a, a lot of the reasons why a lot of the things happen there for sure. But, uh, 
I hate this to country being yeah. Go on, go on. I'm sorry. Okay, I was saying this country like the reason why many many people like uh, lose 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 their mind. There's a lot of stuff going going on. We have to deal with government. We we have to deal with with this our economic crisis. We have to deal with this witch doctor thing and other factors, uh, drug-related issues, human trafficking. Human trafficking in South Africa is like, it's, it's a business. Was, it is no longer like a, it is no longer an, a hidden thing. It's happening. It's happening right here too. It's like, yeah. yes, yes, it's happening. Like, you can actually see that this person is been trafficked. But there's nothing we can do about it at the time. A lot of girls have been rescued from these suburban homes in these towns, Benoni, around Pretoria and Johannesburg. They have been rescued by police. They have been kept there for, for, uh, for, uh, for sexual purposes. They have been kept there like, for many months and years. So you can see that this stuff, like, government does not even care because. Everything here, it's it's it works through money. If you bribe, then you go your your way. So I have realized many people do not realize that money here in this country actually permit all this, all 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 these practices. It is permitted by money, bribery to government agencies. Uh, there is no way that. Uh, God can can allow this to happen. People to be trafficked, people to remove their bodies, uh, people, you know, even if it, police knows about this, but even if you do report, nothing can be done about it. Nothing at all. Because police here in, in this country, just like many other countries, are, are like now only focusing on COVID matters. Are you wearing a mask? Are you complying with COVID pro-questions? Are you listening to government this and this? That's their job now. Other staff, no, they are not really interested. Wow. Yes. And human trafficking is something that's going on here in the U.S. as well. And it's, it's a problem I've discussed before. That I... Honestly, hate to say it, Sipo, but we are out of time. Uh, I want to thank you very much uh, for your time having this conversation with me. I'm, it's been quite a, quite uh, interesting, I must say. So, but uh, once again, uh, you know, you be safe down there, and uh, yeah, um, all the best to you. And uh, we'll be speaking again soon. Okay, thank you, thank you. Thank you, PJ, for having me on this discussion. I hope all Americans are safe and are all prepared themselves to what's coming. And continue praying something might happen or not, but life goes on. And I wish everyone else the best. Yes, absolutely. Well, hey, thank you so much. You take care and God bless. Thank you. Take care. All right. Take care. 
And ladies and gentlemen, there you have the interview with Sipo Mnisi out of South Africa. It's time to go to the next music set. Coming up, we have our very own Chris Master, going to be followed by the Highway Women. Then we got American Grimm, David Watson, and Karen Lovely. Be right back after this. How dare you and who in the hell fuck do you think you are? You're listening to Outlaw Radio, where we're proper gentlemen, because we always ask... Do you mind if I fart? You really know how to waste a Cialis, don't you? You're abusing my fan. I was working in the lab late one night. My eyes beheld an eerie sight. From a monster from his slab began to rise. And suddenly, to my surprise, he did the monster mash. It was a graveyard smash. It caught on in a flash. He did the monster match from my laboratory in the Casalis to the master bedroom where the vampires feast. The ghouls all came from their humble abodes to get a jolt from my electrodes. They did the monster match. It was a graveyard smash. It caught on in a flash. They did the monster match. The zombies were having fun. The party had just begun. The guests included Wolfman, Dracula, and his son. The scene was rocking over digging sounds. Igor on chains, backed by his baying hounds. Coffin bangers were about to arrive with their vocal group. The Crypt Kicker 5 They played the Monster Mash It was a graveyard smash It caught on in a flash They played the Monster Mash Out from his coffin, Drax's voice did ring Seemed he was troubled by just one thing He opened the lid and shook his fist and said Whatever happened to my Transylvania twist? Is now the monster mash And it's a graveyard smash It's caught on in a flash It's now the monster mash Now everything is cool, Jack's a part of the band And my monster mash is the hit of the land For you, the living, this mash was meant to When you get to my door, tell them Boris sent you then you can monster mash And do my graveyard smash You'll catch on in a flash Then you can monster mash Mmm, mash good, good Easy gore, you impetuous young boy Mmm, mash good The last thing I saw was my alarm clock flashing 12.07 before she pushed her long rotting nails through my chest, her other hand muffling my screams. 
I sat bolt upright, relieved it was only a dream. But as I saw my alarm clock read 12.06, I heard my closet door creak open.
composed aroma. What the fuck is going on? I try to move my body's turned to stone. I breathe. Dead air fills my lungs. I try to scream for help, but every muscle in my body screams louder than everything else. Drenched in cold sweat, I make a move to get up on my feet, but fall straight to the ground. My legs feel obsolete. I rip the tooth from my chest. I die. I'll need those now. I get the feeling I'm the only one that's still here, but how? Where's Lori? Call Shane and everybody here before. Desperate for answers, I collect my strength and open the door into a hall to find it's not what I expected at all. Bullet holes, debris, and blood that's dried and cracked on the walls. There's gotta be someone alive here other than myself who stored away safely from catastrophe like a book on a shelf. Wait, through that window on the floor, that looks like a body. I look closer and see her skin is rotten, torn up and soggy. I turn and run down the hall, greatly shaken by the plight until I reach the door that's chain barred and drowned in the light. Don't open dead inside, it's spray painted from left to right, but hands are climbing through the gap to contradict the message inside. Same on God. 
Lafayette, Louisiana, the hub city, the heart of Cajun country, home of the Cajun Dome, the Cathedral of St. John the Evangelist, Spicy Shrimp, and Red Pill Expo 2021, November 6th and 7th at the Cajun Dome in Lafayette, Louisiana. Can't make it to Lafayette? The Expo will be live streamed and archived should you miss any of it. Red Pill Expo is the major public event of Red Pill University. The mission of the Expo and the University is to bring together world-class experts to set the record straight on fake narratives, fake history, and fake news. At each and every Red Pill Expo, truth seekers unite to get a better understanding of how the world really works, a world where collectivism reigns. It's time for individualism and an open mind. Mark your calendars and make your plans now to attend Red Pill Expo 2021. Get more details and register today at redpillexpo.org. At some point, you're going to want to consider this. If a national emergency or a natural disaster or even civil unrest should occur, where would you go? Seriously, where? Heading into the sticks with some MREs in a tent might be all right for a week or two, but then what? And who's around you? Who can help you if you need it? And how long would you last without the security and comfort of your own home? If you've asked yourself these questions, consider X-Point. Located in the beautiful Black Hills of South Dakota, a limited number of military-grade hardened shelters originally built by the U.S. government. 80 feet long, 26 feet wide, 12 and a half foot ceilings that you can custom build out to your own tastes. X-Point, a nine square mile city of like-minded people who know that the best way to deal with the disaster is to distance yourself from it. If you've always wanted a real bug out bunker with the amenities of home, send an email to brendy at arcmidnight.com or text to 817-900-2424. X-Point, X marks your spot. Chaz Mitchell Custom Hats makes and sells custom hats with a Western influence. These hats are not cheesy, one-size-fits-all, except they're not cowboy hat knockoffs. Chaz Mitchell will custom design and build a genuine hat just for you, the way you want it. Chaz will actually measure your head, talk with you about the hat you desire, make it, and deliver it to you. You'll make a statement every time you put on your hat. Originally from Jigs, Nevada, Chaz Mitchell grew up cowboy and alongside his father, Waddy Mitchell. They built their first hats together at a workshop in Elko, Nevada. Chaz recalls his father once telling him, make a hat he would be proud to wear. After years of practice and studying hats and their owners, Chaz knows what makes a good hat maker. It's understanding that a hat doesn't only fit the circumference of the head, but also the personality of the owner. Get in touch with Chaz today, and he'll build you a hat you will be proud to wear. Visit Chaz Hats. That's C-H-A-Z-H-A-T-Z dot com. Left-wing community organizers and campus radicals in Idaho are still up to their dirty tricks, teaching Idaho kids from cradle to college that white people are inherently racist. Now, these left-wing nuts are taking the whole race thing to a whole new level with critical race theory. According to critical race theory, teaching children math, arithmetic, is racist. Shakespeare, Shakespeare, racist. Can you say ridiculous? Malcolm X warned against critical race theory. It's very harmful. It's wrong. And the leftist nuts teaching this stuff to our children know it. Join Idaho Freedom Action to put an end to this leftist takeover of education in Idaho. Join the fight against the teaching of critical race theory to Idaho's youngsters. Visit IdahoFreedomAction.org today. IdahoFreedomAction.org 
right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Outlaw Radio, brought to you by Coldcock Whiskey. Raise your glass, take a shot. You must be 21 years of age or older to drink. Hunter Athletic, Gear Up, Let's Train, and Neutronics IGF-1, Making Men, Men Again. The songs you just heard, you just heard Karen Lovely with Waking Up the Dead. Before that, David Watson with The Walking Dead. Yes, based on the television series. Before that, American Grimm with Living Terror. Before that, the Highway Women with their cover of Highwaymen. Great cover there. And starting off the whole set, Outlaw Radio's own Chris Master with his cover of Monster Mash. All right. Got the interview with uh, James Derman coming up. Uh, before I get to that, I want to remind you to go to the Outlaw Radio store, Outlaw Radio Alpha Bravo Sierra.com. Yes, uh, get a t shirt, get a hat, get a beanie. Go to the Caravan to Midnight store there. Click on the banner there. Click on the banner for my pillow and place an order there. Use the promo code Outlaw when um, ordering from my pillow. Go to My Patriot Supply and get yourself some food with a 25-year shelf life and other essential survival necessities. And uh, also, don't forget about Cranked Up Coffee. All right. So, here we are now, uh, final segment of the show. And uh, yes, I talked with uh, Peter Dermond. He's a horror novelist. And uh, it was, yeah, Got to talk to a horror no- horror novelist uh, for the Halloween show. So anyway, without any further ado, let's do it. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the Outlaw Radio Halloween Special 2021. At this time, I am joined by James Dermond. How you doing, brother? I'm pretty good. How are you, Billy? Doing well, doing well. Thank you so much for joining the show. Okay, thanks. I'm, I'm glad to be here. Yes, yes. So you're an author of uh, horror stories. And That's right. So far, I've only released short stories, but I do have... Uh, full-length novels planned. It's just taking longer to get them out. I'm mostly focusing on this uh, short um, horror story series called Doorways to the Unseen, and the third volume is coming out next month in about two weeks. Interesting, interesting. Now, uh, when we talk about uh, the genres of horror, of course, I was, I'd never given it too much thought until uh, last year when I started watching the specials by... Uh, Eli Roth on uh, AMC, but, uh, you know, is there a particular genre of horror that you tend to lean towards? Uh, probably ghost stories. Uh, that's what I've, uh, focused uh, in the, I've written, 
uh, 18 short stories so far uh, that are, are could be considered horror stories. And then I've written one science fiction story for a science fiction anthology. So um, I'd say probably the stories that stand out the most have been ghost stories. Interesting. You know, science fiction and horror kind of intertwine a lot uh, uh, more than we think, especially with, you know, with movies like uh, Alien. I mean, yeah, exactly. I mean, Alien, of course, it's science fiction being in space, but uh, when they were, when when they encountered that monster, that was all horror. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and it definitely, and also Event Horizon is a kind of a famous example of the sci-fi horror genre. Yes, yes, I, I you know what I. I totally forgot about that movie. It's been such a long time since I've seen it. You're right, you know, because that was that was a ghost story in space, basically, is what that was. Well, it was like Hellraiser in space, almost. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It was a combination of, uh, you know, kind of uh, Hellraiser themes and a ghost story, and you know, like this kind of evil dimension they get lost in, and you know, it, also kind of parts from Alien. It was a it was a mashup of a lot of different. Um, you know, subgenres and other movies, but it really came together really well, I thought. Yes. So what, what I have not told you about myself, of course, is I plan on, on writing a horror story as well um, based on some true events that have uh, happened in South Africa. And, um, you know, for, for me to make this a, a successful story, there's things I, I need to learn about as far as some of the rituals go on over there. And I, I need to take a look into uh, a bit of the dark side of the, um, what uh, I was speaking with um, Sipo Nisi about, uh, you know, the, the uh, Sangoma rituals that they, they go through, you know, to make this a, a successful story. Now, um, and and to do that, you have to be very strong-minded. You know, you, you take uh, Stephen King for example, who can look into the dark side and come out to uh, come out fine on the other side. You know, but uh, for some people, you know that uh, that can obviously have an effect on you. I mean, um, that, would you have you yourself encountered anything like that to where you had to take a look into something to make it a successful story? I mean, the the short stories I've written are really uh, carefully researched. And a lot of them take place outside the United States or in historical uh, periods. You know, like uh, Doorways to the Unseen, Volume 3 that's coming up, um, has a historical story set in uh, 16th century Rome, Italy. And then, you know, like the early modern period around, early, you know, maybe 1530. And then another story takes place in ancient Rome, uh, right around 1 AD, around the time of uh, Caesar Augustus. And, you know, I went to great lengths to include a lot of uh, accuracy and detail in the stories. So there's definitely things that you, you, you have to look into to, to make it a good story. I, I do agree there. And, uh, and that there, there are things, uh, if you want to look into something, you, you got to be careful with, for sure. Well, have you um, ever watched, like, a horror movie from South Africa? I have, I have not, uh, but I'll tell you what, uh, because I'm an activist f uh, for the people over there, I've heard of plenty of horror stories, you know, and of, of uh, some some of the crime that happens on, on a farm and things like that, you know, and, and uh, a uh, some of it's tied into a ritual to where they use uh, human uh, body parts to make 
something called Mooty, which is yeah, I, I've heard to be. of Mooty before. Yes, yeah. So um, the on Shutter, you are you familiar with Shutter, the streaming service? Yes, I am. Okay, uh, on Shutter, you can get a. a 30-day free trial or 15-day free trial, depending on what code you get. But right now they have a, a recent uh, South African horror store, uh, horror movie called The Soul Collector. I haven't watched it yet, but I was planning on watching it. And it's about, um, you know, it's about, it, it wouldn't be called voodoo there, but it would, you know, like animist type rituals related to, you know, souls and magic and things like that. Yes, yes. So if you have a chance, if you um, if you want to just try out Shutter, that's one of the movies you'd probably be interested in. You know what? I, I probably do have it, considering I have the AMC app, and and they do uh, they do offer stuff from Shutter. So yeah, so I, I would check out that movie if you're interested in writing a horror story about South Africa. Yes, and yes. there's some there are some other ones too. I, I was surprised. Um, I didn't really look into it that deeply, but I was surprised uh, that there is a significant movie industry there oh yeah most definitely yeah that i even uh, i even had somebody who's of course he's known as a uh, pretty much known as a as a singer uh for the most part in south africa but he's done a lot of acting over there too and i had him here on the show and we we had a pretty good conversation so yeah it's, uh, the industry they have a pretty good industry over there for sure yeah it's yeah. a pretty you know it's a it's a uh the majority of people really don't have a lot of money, but um, they still have because it has a large enough population, and you know there's the infrastructure to make movies. They they can they turn out uh, a fair number of movies. Yes, yes. So, uh, what were your early inspirations uh, to to uh, get into writing in the first place? Well, you know, I've, I was always just a, a big reader, an avid reader. And um, that's something that I enjoyed doing. I was never really interested in TV. You know, it's not something that uh, I was drawn into when I was younger. I was bored with TV at an early age. So uh, when I wanted to experience a story, I would just read instead, you know, and I would read piles of books. You know, I'd get used books. I'd buy books from the shopping mall, you know, things like that, you know, go to the library. And, um, then what got me interested in horror uh, was there was this, uh, I'm from Detroit originally, like the Detroit area. And there was this uh, uh, TV show called The Creature Double Feature that would appear every uh, Saturday afternoon on uh, TV 20, you know, back when they had uh, broadcast television before everything was digital. And it was a local UHF uh, station. And um, they would play they would show two horror movies back to back and they're usually from the seventies, you know, they're B movies. And, uh, I probably over the years of watching that, I would watch that all through middle school, early high school, you know, and I probably watched, uh, hundreds of, um, kind of those, uh, low budget horror movies. So that's where I decided, I knew a lot about the horror genre just from that. So I just started, decided to start writing there, even though I'm, so I've started to write in other genres as well. Yes, yes. Uh, creature double feature, that I haven't heard of, but I remember when I was just a little kid, uh, yeah, the, from the late 70s to early 80s, they uh, had something called Creature Feature. <laughs> I remember that very, very well. Like yeah. in, uh, this is in Idaho, right? On local TV? Yes, it was. 
Yes. Okay, yeah. So, I mean, they probably have those kind of shows. I think they had a very similar show in Chicago, too, like uh, yeah. on local Chicago TV, you know, about the about uh, a double a creature double feature movie that was played on Saturdays or like a late at Friday night, things like that. Well, that's where I, uh, it was a creature feature where I first saw Dracula with uh, Bella Lugosi, I re- remember. Oh, the original Dracula. Yep, the original Dracula. That's right. <laughs> yeah, yes. I don't think they really played classic horror movies. They just played the the cheapest ones that they could get uh, the the rights for. You know, it was like yeah. all low budget stuff. But there's some really good low budget features, like um, "Let's Scare Jessica to Death." Do you remember that one from the '70s? That one, a, no, I can't say a, I've ever I've I've ever even heard of that. But uh, of course, uh, what. I'm really, really amazed, you know, when I look into the history, because I, I first watched Night of the Living Dead when I was uh, 13, and from then on, I was hooked on just about anything uh, George Romero did, and, uh, you know, that was that was a very, very low-budget movie, but uh, as popular as it, as it got over the generations is just amazing. Yeah, I think that that might have been even too expensive for this show because by the time they would have started showing this, like in the late seventies or early eighties, it was uh, probably cost money to show it. So <laughs> they showed like um, children shouldn't play with dead things, and I think that was Bob Parker. Um, let me look that up. Actually, Bob Parker. It's it's a low budget movie about zombies, and uh, children shouldn't play. Yeah, I've Wait, actually I've actually been things. seeing served. Uh, yeah, I've seen a few movies at uh, Bob Clark. Bob yes. Clark. I'm sorry. Yeah, he um he did Porky's and A Christmas Story and you know some other kind of uh, '80s comedies. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. It's uh, uh, after George Romero started. I kind of feel like uh, like some people have whoever they may be have kind of ripped him off of the movies like Burial Ground, which I thought was horrible. <laughs> I don't think I've seen that. Is that a recent um, zombie movie? Uh, that was no. It was made in uh, like nineteen eighty or eighty one. It, it was overly gory and uh, just just uh, stupid. I I should say. Yeah, it says it's an Italian uh, grindhouse uh, zombie movie. Yeah, it, and it was it it was it was poorly poorly done. I mean, I mean. Uh, I, most of my family too. I uh, remember they couldn't watch anything like uh, old Bruce Lee movies with the uh, with the English voiceovers, you know. And that's a that's exactly how Burial Ground was done. That that never bothered me. But uh, I mean, uh, the, it was like I said, it was overly gory, and the, the special effects were horrible. So. Yeah, I mean, unfortunately, a lot of t- Italian movies from that period are not well done and they're low budget you know mm-hmm. they did like those cannibal holocaust movies elsewhere i think were in italy and uh lucio fulci uh he's a noted director he did a bunch of zombie movies in in italy and they weren't really very good in my opinion yeah but they- um who is dario argento is the uh probably the most well-known italian horror director and he did uh, Suspe- Sus- Suspiria, which was remade recently, uh, also by an Italian director. Yeah, of course. Uh, when I th- when I think it, it's kind of funny. When I think Italy, I, I think spaghetti westerns. <laughs> you know, 
that's kind of the main thing because I'm also a big fan of westerns and always have been. So you know. Yeah, I mean, the, those their their strength is not horror movies. <laughs> I can say that. I mean, Sus- Suspiria and some of Dario Argento's movies are good, but um, you know, the the Gallio, I think that's how it's pronounced. You know, that has, um, you know, it's about like a, usually there's a serial killer. You know, and it's kind of lurid. You know, that it's like a, a genre of Italian horror movie that doesn't involve the supernatural. Yes. You know, it's more about, it's more of a slat, uh, like the Italian slasher film. See, and it's interesting you bring that up too. When I talk about uh, the story that I plan to write too, is uh, I'm actually doing uh, uh, research on certain uh, serial killers too, like, uh, like uh, Richard Ramirez, because the way he committed his crimes is very similar to the way they're doing things in South Africa. And it's, it's as God awful as, as that sounds, it's on a, I mean, I just have to look into the truth of what's going on, you know. And um, I don't know when, when you look into serial killers, you know, like it's it's kind of interesting how how some of them will will get a grip on your mind and <laughs> as creepy as they can be, like you know, like uh, um, Ed Gein was was one that I read a lot into. And when I honestly look at his backstory, I can't help but feel sorry for the man. Yeah, he uh, he had a really tragic backstory that kind of led to what he eventually ended up doing. But uh, he was mentally ill as well, obviously. Yes. I mean, there was there was a reason why he was he was not ever sentenced to prison or or to the electric chair because he honestly, I think a lot of times he didn't know what he was doing. Yeah, I don't know that many details about it. I just know that uh, he, I, as far as I remember, that he was not uh, considered to be competent enough or sane enough to stand trial. So I don't think that he wasn't punished like Ramirez. Yeah. And, uh, Ram- and or Ted Bundy or something like that. Yeah. And Ramirez was, Oh man. Well, yeah. I think that Ramirez knew how evil he was. And he, I think he even said that, um, if somebody tried to stop him from being executed, that he would sue them. You know that he, <laughs> he realized that he needed to be uh, taken. You know that he needed to be taken out, and you know just so that he could never possibly commit those crimes again. Well, so uh, he had some sort of, um, you know, he he acknowledged that he deserved his punishment. Yeah, and, he, and it never happened. And um, I don't know. I guess I don't know if it's, if it's karma because cancer got him in the end. Maybe that was karma. I don't know. Yeah, but I think he was on death row for. A very long time, and eventually he died on death row. Yeah, exactly. That he was in, he was on death row the entire time, but uh, you know, it was cancer that ended up taking him out, not the gas chamber like he was promised. Mm-hmm. Um, but I th- I think that uh, there were you know like anti death penalty activists that wanted to end um, you know the, or, or uh, the, he was among the people that they wanted to end the death penalty for, and he said that he would actually sue them to stop them from intervening in his execution. Yes. Yeah, you know, and uh, it's interesting too. Is uh, you know, I just I just watched the Netflix special on uh, the Night Stalker, and one thing I didn't know, I because we know in the seventies you had Bundy, you had uh, the Son of Sam, you had uh, Gacy, and and all of them happening because it seemed like a plague of murders and serial murders in the uh, oh. in the in the seventies. But then, yeah. But I mean, the nineteen seventies were were a, a peak period of violent crime as well. Oh yeah, yeah. So it was a uh, you know, and then it started leveling off. 
probably around 1990, you know, 1990s. Also because yeah. the population was starting to age. Yes. You know, it was, a, it was like a combination of having a large youthful population and, you know, social upheaval, chaos, you know, and, and just a high crime rate in general. Yeah. And the number of serial killers uh, were active during that time, including like the Zodiac killer. Yeah. I mean, and it was, uh, you know, what what I learned about Richard Ramirez, of course, is that uh, he had studied like uh, the Bundy files and things like that. You know, he he was actually a very intelligent person and, and did and really did his research on things like torture and other serial killers. And, um, you know, the, the detectives that caught him, he, he thought it was an honor to be caught by the same person that caught the Hillside Stranglers. Oh, yeah, I, I remember reading about that. I mean, I've never really looked into serial killers that much because it is really disturbing. You yeah. know, and so far I've only written about uh, yeah. the supernatural. I'm not sure yeah. if I'd write a, a story that was just horrific and somehow didn't involve a supernatural element. And see, that's and my my story will have the supernatural elements too, you know. And uh, like I say, you know, you got to be able to look at the into this stuff and not let it get a grip on your mind because it, yeah, it can be dangerous, you know. Well, I, the thing is, I yeah. mean, the, most of what I've written hasn't been really violent or anything yeah. like that, you know. For the most part, I wrote one story in volume one that was very gory, but it was more like a Lovecraftian uh, cosmic horror story. Yeah. It didn't really involve uh, serial killers or anything like that. It was about the end of the world. Yeah, uh, kind of like uh, the Stand, because I, I I was read somewhere where uh, you're also influenced by Stephen King, and that's a good one. Oh yeah, I mean everybody that's writes in the horror genre, of course, is influenced. I'm assuming most people are influenced by Stephen King, just because he's the, you know, the most popular writer in the genre. Yeah. Either. Well, it's kind of tough to say between him or uh, what Clive Barker, that's his name, right? Yeah, Clive Barker. But Clive Barker never really achieved the level of fame that yeah. um, Stephen King did. You know, he wrote more of like, um, you know, re- really, uh, really, they're either horror stories or they're dark fantasy. And Stephen King writes horror stories, but they're, they're you know, aimed at a really large audience, <laughs> you know, that they're aimed at the, the broadest audience that you could reach for that genre. So I think that Clive Barker's sales never even came close to Stephen King's. You know, one thing I will never, ever forget, too, is I, I think I was, what, uh, about almost 12 years old, 11, 12 years old, something, somewhere around there, when Maximum Overdrive hit the theaters, and uh, the, the trailers were uh, on TV, and there's Stephen King saying, I'm going to scare the hell out of you. <laughs> I don't think I've ever seen, you know, I've never seen Maximum Overdrive. Yeah, I don't think so. I've never seen the movie itself, but I, I just remember the, I remember the trailer uh, that that were all over the TV because that was Stephen King's directing debut. And uh, yeah, it's not considered to be a great movie, as far as I understand it. <laughs> but he's st- he's there, standing proud, pointing at the audience, saying, "I'm going to scare the hell out of you." <laughs> yeah, it's it's definitely an, an '80s kind of movie. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah, like I like I said, I I never watched it. Maybe I'll watch it sometime. I just I never given it uh, any consideration. I just, 
kind of that trailer just stuck in my mind forever. <laughs> yeah, if it, if it ever shows up on Shutter, I'll watch it because I'm a completionist. You know, I want to see all the Stephen King horror movies eventually. Yes. Um, I saw Cujo recently. Um, probably like late. Yeah, it was late last year. It was around December. And uh, I didn't think it was that good. You know, it was kind of a simple story. Um, you know, it's probably the weakest adaptation of Stephen King's uh, writing that I've seen. Yeah, uh, just basically uh, running, for, running for your life from a dog with uh, rabies, you know, and it's... Um, I do know a rabid animal can be dangerous, but uh, I don't think they really inflict that much fear. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it, the thing is, it, was a, it wasn't much of a story, and it was drawn out to the length of a whole movie. Yeah. You know, so it kind of fell flat, I think. You know, it wasn't a bad movie, but it wasn't that good. Um, Pet Cemetery, the original adaptation of uh, Stephen King's novel, which I've read the novel and I, I watched the, the 80s version, the original adaptation. That's actually genuinely scary. You know, what I find um, when I I first watched The Stand, then I, then I read the book. I watched the, the, the 90s version of The Stand and, um, you know, I knew I had to read the book. And what, yeah, the thing that, of course, that made that sto story so scary is, it could be true. Yeah, it takes place, um, you know, it, I don't think there's any supernatural element to it at all. It's just about a plague, right? No, the, the beginning of it, but, uh, you know, Randall Flagg, that, and uh, basically uh, the demon sorcerer himself, yeah, that there's the supernatural element to it. So okay, yeah, because I, I saw the miniseries uh, on TV when it first debuted, I think it was in the, in the nineties, early nineties, or was it like the, the late eighties? 1994. Cause I, I, it happened just shortly after I graduated high school, but okay. uh, yeah, it was, a, it was a mini series and it was, you know, I, I remember bits and pieces of it, pieces of it. You know, I don't think I watched the whole thing, but like uh, Parker Lewis from Parker Lewis Can't Lose was in it, I think. Uh, that actor, uh, Corbin. Corbin Burnson. I can't, I can't remember. Corbin, I can't remember his name exactly. But uh, I, know, I know that Gary Sinise was in it. Uh, Gary Sinise was in it, I remember. Yeah. I was trying to remember his name. Ball, Molly Ringwald and um, Rob Lowe. Yeah, it was 1994. I thought yeah. it was earlier than that. And, but uh, yeah. they, you, uh, I don't know if you're aware. They just they just remade the stand two into a ten, ten part series that's available on uh, Paramount now. Well, it used to be CBS All Access. Now it's Paramount. And once again, it, uh, Stephen King obviously was okay with the first version, but kind of wanted to twerk it up a little bit more, and so he uh, got be got behind the scenes again and wanted to. Uh, do it over again and uh, it was it was done pretty well um for the the brand new one and it was only released just about a year ago yeah i, I think i i noticed that when i was looking this up but it's corin nemec is uh the parker <laughs> parker lewis can't lose that's the show i remember him from what role did he play because now I, I can't he I, played a uh, harold lauder oh he was, he was like a bad guy sort of you yes know, he was this unsympathetic character yeah, well, basically, Harold Lauder was just, a, he, he was a nerd trying to get the girl, and it wasn't working out for him, so he sought revenge. Yeah, so, but Gary Sinise, I think, was the hero. He was Stu Redman. Yes. Yes, he was. Okay, yeah. so I do remember that part, that he was, but, the, he seemed to be the main character. 
But I will tell you, though, they had Whoopi Goldberg in the new series play the role of Mother Abigail, and I'm not the biggest fan of Whoopi Goldberg, but I, she killed the role. It was it was phenomenal the way she played it. Okay, well, yeah, I mean, I don't think I'll have the chance to see it anytime soon, but I might see it. Yeah. I never finished uh, watching the original Stand. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah. But you know, the uh, original miniseries. Yeah. Well, do you have a favorite uh, Stephen King adaptation? Probably you know, any movie. Uh, pro- the Stand is probably going to be it, but I I also like The Shining. I like um, I like The Dark Tower. And uh, yeah, that was redone recently as well. You know, uh, the the character of Randall Flagg himself is. I'm looking more into that to uh, take ideas for my story as well. Okay. Yep. So yeah, I'd say that Pet Cemetery is actually my favorite. It's even better than The Shining. The Shining is scary, but uh, Pet Cemetery is so creepy just by itself. Um, if you haven't had a chance to watch it, I would recommend watching it. Uh, I, the end is just really, truly frightening. <laughs> yeah. And the, uh, of course, uh, stepping away from Stephen King, I've, I'm looking more to also trying to figure out the uh, pros and cons of what's what's true and what's not of the Amityville situation as well. You know? Yeah, I, I mean, a lot of people say it's a hoax, you know, that nothing ever happened there, that it was all for attention. You know, but uh, I can't really say. I haven't looked into it that closely. But I've watched uh, several of the Amityville movies. I mean, well, all I can say is uh, what's uh, the DeFeo? The DeFeos were real and George Letts was real. So. Oh, yeah. Well, the people involved were real, but whether the things they claimed happened actually happened. Yeah. Yeah. Amityville Horror 2 was actually surprisingly good. I thought it would be really um, cheesy, you know, like a lot. Like Amityville 2, The Possession. Um, It was done by an Italian director, you know, going back to the, um, you know, the uh, discussion we had earlier about uh, Italian horror movies not being good, but (laughs) it had a lot of the, you know, really cheesy uh, Italian horror elements in it. But it was, it was a surprisingly good movie. I thought it would be a weak sequel, but it would, it turned out to be pretty good. Yes. And it was done in 82. I'll have to look into that. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, it, it was on Shutter recently. That's why I watched it. Yeah. So uh, there, there was something you you wanted to read here on air. I want to give you that opportunity to go ahead and do so. Okay, sure. the The first story in Doorways to the Unseen, Volume Three, is Creepy Jane, and um, it started out being an urban legend story, but uh, it turned into something else. You know, kind of part of the way through, and uh, what it starts out with a murder. And uh, they think that the older daughter of this family, it's a single mom recently divorced with her two daughters, and uh, they think it's a serial killer, the police. And, you know, or it could be the uh, uh, serial killer, the beginning of like a, you know, kind of random killings in the area. And um, the younger daughter starts looking into her sister's death, and she talks to the only other person who saw her uh, before she was killed. She was killed at home, and 
her throat was crushed and they found her with this antique mirror that was taken from the attic in the house they had just moved into. And then um, she talks to her friend that, that she was studying with and finds out that um, she told her this urban legend about creepy Jane, you know, that if you look into the mirror and you call for Jane and then she'll tell you things about your future. And then she says, it was all just a joke. You know, I didn't mean anything to happen, but apparently something might've happened, you know, because they found her with a mirror. So um, this is the part that I'm going to read is that uh, she, uh, the, the younger sister and her friends break into the school's uh, pool building and they, you know, as, as kind of a joke, not exactly because the younger sister thinks, uh, Samantha thinks that um, what is happening is real. Uh, they're going to go into the dark locker room and talk to, um, and try to talk to creepy Jane, you know, and bring her out with a candle and talk into the, the mirror that's in the locker room. So this is the part where I'll, I'll read that they're already in there and some of the girls are splashing around the pool and they're ready to do this. So um, Ava is her friend and Samantha is the younger sister who's the main character. Ava looked over her shoulder, catching Samantha's eyes in the mirror. Sam, she said hastily, the splashing stopped. Samantha listened. You must be out of the pool, or they must be out of the pool. Go grab them so we can do this. The longer we stay here, the more we're pushing our luck. But this is a real thrill, right? Ava replied, her smirking face only faintly visible. See you in a moment. As Ava left, the locker room door creaked open and then closed with a thud. Samantha looked around in the dark, not truly afraid, but beginning to feel a chill. The door to the locker room opened again. Ava, she called. No response, no footsteps. Nothing but the sound of the door swinging shut. There was a dark shape standing at the end of the lockers, watching her. Samantha squinted. Yes, Ava, very funny. Come on, where are the others? The figure moved across the open space between the rows of lockers, disappearing behind them. Samantha swallowed. She rubbed her hands over her forearms and slowly stepped forward to peer around the edge. Nothing was there. The chill in the air had become more pronounced. Then, moving out of the corner of her eye, Samantha spun and caught a glimpse of the back of a girl's head, long tresses flowing as she disappeared through the now open locker room door. As the door closed, it was almost immediately pushed open from the outside. Ava, Lily, and Becca stepped into view, giggling amongst themselves. Samantha faced them and saw that Lily and Becca had wrapped themselves in towels around their midsections. Lily was grasping her clothes and the collars of her sneakers with both hands. Hey, let's get this done. Light that candle, Becca said, coming to a stop in front of the face-level rectangular mirror. We'll be dried off soon. So I'll stop there, but she's being stalked by something, and she's not sure if it's Creepy Jane or not. But um, this is the first story in, in the uh, Volume 3 collection, and you can read it on Wattpad for free. That is amazing. That, that was brilliant. <laughs> it was. Yes. Well, I wasn't sure what uh, what passage I, I should read because out of context, it's not that scary. But um, if I mean, you know, I guess some people might think it's scary. But uh, reading everything that happened before, um, yeah. you know, it it, uh, it it's a it's a scene where you realize that uh, maybe there's something to the story that um, Veronica, the friend of her older sister, told her. So. It's it's kind of a long involved story. It's about nine thousand words, you know. But uh, a number of things happened. A number there are a number of twists, where, you know, where the story, the direction of the story goes originally changes quite a bit, you know, as you you know get to the middle and then the end. 
So here's a question I just thought of. Let's say uh, these short stories get uh, converted to, to an audio book. Um, you could choose who, who reads your stories, be, be it somebody like uh, the late Christopher Lee or, or, you know, like Vincent Price or uh, anybody out there you, th you think uh, you would choose to have read your stories. Uh, I don't think I, I mean, you can, I think that what you're referring to is that there's technology now where you can, um, use somebody who's actually passed away and have them uh, read no. your No, audio. no, I'm, I'm saying I'm, I'm using the same, if they were alive today and they, Oh, if they were alive today. Yes. Okay. So I don't think I'd pick anyone famous. Um, I'd maybe even pick different, uh, different readers for the audiobook, like for the, if there's a short story collection, like uh, one is read by a female narrator and another is read by a male narrator. So I'd probably pick a woman to read Creepy Jane because basically all of the characters in the story are female. You know, the only uh, male characters that make an appearance are police officers. Gotcha. So, Gotcha. So I'd pro probably pick a, a woman narrator uh, for the first story, and then some of the other stories I'd pick male narrators. So I think for like a collection of stories, I'd pick different narrators. Yes, yes. All right. Well, uh, well I'm glad. I mean, it, it, did that really grip you though? The the way uh, uh, that one scene, because taken out of context, I don't think it's that scary. But uh, if you read everything before it, but I thought that was a, uh, just a snippet of of the story. You know, so you can kind of get a feel for it. All one has to do is listen. That's what I'm going to say. All one has to do is listen, and uh, you get hooked, get interesting. Yeah, it, it's a, it's kind of, um, you know, it's kind of a maze of a story. You know, but once you get to the end, <laughs> then, then everything uh, makes sense. Like the the penultimate scene uh, kind of reveals what's really going on. Yes. <laughs> Yes, <laughs> and uh, that, that's what I mean. the The way it's it's set, you know, you you the the way you put it together there, and that that little sequence you you just did, you know, it's it's it set the stage is what it did, you know, and and you you want you want to know more, and I'm definitely oh, gonna, gonna look yeah. I wasn't more. I wasn't sure how that would go because it was uh, you know because it's a small scene by itself, but I thought that was the only part of the story that was really like uh, just you could just take it out of the whole story and present it. And it's, it's somewhat complete, you know, without being really, uh, like a long read, but I'm glad I, I thank you. I appreciate that. You yes. uh, it's engaging. <laughs> All right. But do you want to, uh, will you have time to read creepy Jane before, uh, Halloween? Maybe, maybe. maybe. <laughs> okay. We'll read it before the book comes out in the next few weeks, like by uh, mid November, the whole book will be available. So try to read it then it's about a 45 minute read. All right. No problem. Well, I hate to say it, but we are out of time. It, uh, it's, uh, it was a great pleasure talking to you and, uh, looking forward to more of your works coming out, uh, before uh, we end the show, uh, Go ahead and uh, give yourself a plug and tell the listeners where they can find you. you uh, obviously, you're on social media. you got a website out there. Yeah, I have uh, jamesderman.com. Uh, it's J-A-M-E-S-D-E-R-M-O-N-D.com. And then also I have a Facebook page and Twitter, and I'm on Goodreads. And, um, you know, you can 
just you could just do a Google search and find me. James Dermond is a unique name. So uh, if you just do a Google search for uh, my author name, you'll find me right away. No problem. Well, hey, thank you so much for your time, and uh, best of luck to you. Okay, I appreciate being on the show. Thanks, Billy. You bet. And ladies and gentlemen, there you have the interview with horror novelist James Dermond. It was a pleasure talking to him. And uh, yeah, um, I got to say, I watched that movie Soul Collector and actually, and with the uh, conversation with Sipo Amnesi, you know, uh, there's some things to that movie uh, you might want to check out. Yeah, The Soul Collector. um, Definitely an interesting movie and I did, I did enjoy it indeed yes so what's on tap for next week is yet to be determined i'm gonna end the show with lords of acid and horror movies thank you very much for tuning in to outlaw radio i will be back next week and happy halloween everybody be safe Are you tired of modern pop music that sounds like a dog fucking a squeaky toy? Well, that's why you're listening to Outlaw Radio. We tell bad bed music to piss up a rope. We give you our opinions, and if a fight breaks out, so fucking what? This is Outlaw Radio.
Hey everyone, Bad Billy here. Do you own a business? Or perhaps you're in a band. Or maybe you run a radio show or podcast. Whatever you do, you want to market your brand with custom-made apparel. Look no further than fresh-baked tees. T-shirts, hoodies, tank tops, caps, beanies, koozies, banners, and even masks. You can get them all custom-made from fresh-baked tees. Prices are reasonable and negotiable. Simply go to freshbakedtees.com, submit your logo, and place your order today. Support Outlaw Radio and friends and buy some cool stuff in the store section of outlawradioabs.com. Show the world how much you love Outlaw Radio with Outlaw Radio t-shirts and hats. In the CTM store, a service of Caravan to Midnight, find items to help make your life easier and better, including the new Eden Nutritional Support System, Dr. Tung's Ionic Toothbrush, the High Ion BioKey Quantum Scalar Energy Pendant, and EMF Mitigating Fabrics and Clothing. Get the best night's sleep in the whole wide world and more with Mike Lindell's my pillow pillows and other products click on the my pillow banner in the outlaw radio store use promo code outlaw and save up to 66 percent are you and your family prepared for the next unplanned emergency visit my patriot supply and purchase buckets of food with a 25 year shelf life in the cranked up coffee shop a service of cranked up live entertain your taste buds with coffee that even the aficionados love visit outlawradioabs.com and click on the store link a service of outlaw radio and AO Productions. You've heard the phrase, America's most loved brands. And what exactly did our loyalty to some of those most loved brands get us? I'll tell you what, money and lots of it. For organizations and their ideologies that directly conflict with American core values and the American way of life. Enter Etruzu.com, a place for patriots to buy and sell. You can open your own online store for as little as $25 per month and grow your business as big as you want. Buy from patriots and sell to patriots. Everything from ordinary household items to absolutely anything that's available from companies that do not have our country's best interests at heart. With Etruzu.com, you know who you're buying from and you know who you're selling to. Let's make your brand one of America's most loved. Get started at etruzu.com. E-T-R-U-Z-O-O.com. Etruzu, a place where patriots buy and sell. Hi, it's the big voice guy. The one who intros and promos the show you're listening to right now. Hi, my name is Jim Hunt. I voice for a growing list of internet and terrestrial radio stations, podcasts, and businesses. I'd love to spread the word about yours, too, no matter if the message is serious or silly. Whether you want the delivery to be hard-hitting, voice of authority, or conversational, warm, and fuzzy. From fully produced station imaging and commercials to custom phone system messages on hold and IVR prompts, voiceovers for computer games to narrations for presentations, even post-production audio editing and audio cleanup services. Yeah, I do them too. I'm your guy. I do business as Jim Hunt voiceovers and audio services. My rates are reasonable and negotiable because I love internet radio too. Visit my website, jimhuntvo.com. I'm Jim Hunt, at your service. Put my voice and audio production skills to work for you. Let's do this. Just when you thought it was safe to turn on your internet radio. They came from out of fucking nowhere with an audio attack. Ah! 
happy Halloween from all the ghouls and goblins at Outlaw Radio. <laughs> George Jones Can't go 